Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's Go Blues Radio with Bill Day, Jeff Ponder, and Kurt Price. Now here's your host, Jeff Ponder. This is Let's Go Blues Radio, and I welcome you back to the program after what was hopefully an excellent Christmas holiday for those that celebrate, and also a great few days for those that don't, and hopefully you at least got a day or two off from work. Uh, My holidays were great, but we'll get to that in a little bit want to mention first that this is Season 7, Episode 28, Franchise Episode Number 161. So obviously this is another episode where Kurt and Bill will not be present for the duration of the episode, but don't worry, there is going to be somebody else joining me. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, We'll probably be back next week with a live show. For those that uh, enjoy our live shows, I would imagine first week of January we'll have something A little more on that uh, at the end of the show. Please check out the letsgoblues.com shop and consider buying a reasonably priced shirt, mug, or sticker. All proceeds go back into the creation of this show. Something Kurt and Bill mentioned last week when I was uh, absent for the start of the show, we have a new shirt up, and it is one that I have bought, and I love it. I just got it in the mail today. Retire 44 shirt. It's got the Let's Go Blues radio logo on the front, and it has uh, where the nameplate would go. It says Retire, and then it has the 44 signature for Chris Pronger, and uh, also has the hashtag Retire 44 on the bottom. So uh, a little movement we're kind of doing here in in accordance with guys like Art Lippo and, and I know a bunch of other people on social media that feel the way we do about Chris Pronger and... Uh, just another way to show your support. If you uh, if you like Let's Go Blues Radio and you agree with us, the Retire 44, let's see a couple of those over at the Enterprise Center for a couple home games as uh, I will be wearing mine to the next game I go to. And, man, more teaser. More about Chris Pronger in a little bit. Please subscribe to our show on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Plex. You can also listen over at letsgoblues.com slash radio or letsgobluesradio.com or uh, either of those work. So whatever you feel like typing. Uh, also, if you are on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating if you feel we are worthy. 
Well, before we get into our interview, do want to recap a little bit of the Blues news. Uh, since our last recording, they have gone 1-1-0, four goals for, six goals against. That included the 5-1 drubbing to the Vancouver Canucks, a team that seems to just have the Blues' number. Um, we talked about last week how uh, people say, oh, that's a team you should beat. Well, they are ahead of us in the standings. But uh, you, when you compare it especially to the next game that I'll mention, how do you lose 5-1 to a team barely above you in the standings and then play well against a top-tier team? Uh, it's, this team is enigmatic to say the least. So after the Vancouver game, as I mentioned, they go into Calgary to finish out the road trip. 3-1 win against uh, one of the best teams in hockey. Uh, that was a nice little comeback after the Canucks game, as well as the last time they played the, the Flames, just a couple games before when they got shelled by them in St. Louis. So that was uh, kind of nice to, to get that. But again, it's just, you know, you see the effort in that game. Just a great game all around, really. Uh, and you say, man, why that? Why can that not be the Blues team that we see every night? It's uh, it's crazy. Uh, Jake Allen, 28 saves. David Perron, 2 points, who has played very well since his benching. So, uh, again, nice win there for the Blues, but uh, we'll see if they can carry that momentum over to their next game as they kick off a 5-game homestand Thursday night, December 27th, against the Buffalo Sabres. Carter Hutton in town, so that'll be exciting. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins come in on Saturday, and then uh, New Year's Eve, the uh, New York Rangers come in and play on Monday, and uh, by then hopefully we'll have another show, so I won't even mention the next two games. But uh, but yeah, some, some big teams coming to town, teams playing well, teams fighting for playoff spots. Uh, we'll see how the Blues react, and if uh, this five-game homestand proves to be good, I mean, you never know, uh, it could put them right back up in uh, the talks for battling for a, a wild card spot to finish out the year. But I think that's kind of getting ahead of ourselves here as this team, as we've said all season, has been so enigmatic, you don't know who you're going to get on a given night. Well, let's get into our guest. She's uh, kind of gotten pretty big, I'd say, over the last couple months, uh, really taken off this season. Jillian Fisher, famous for some of her social media videos she has posted about NHL teams around the league, and uh, just some great stuff if you haven't seen them, but chances are if you're on social media, you have. Uh, her stuff is shared constantly, all the time. Uh, if you're kind of trying to put a, a face with the name, maybe you, you've seen the uh, the Every Team's Banner video that has uh, been shared constantly around the, uh, around the NHL fan base. Uh, she's a huge Flyers fan. She is a, a Philly girl, as she says but also a huge NHL fan. So she kind of has her finger on the pulse of all NHL fans, and uh, that's why she's able to kind of poke fun and, and laugh along with uh, so many different fan bases about what's going on. So something I really appreciate because I consider myself more than just a Blues fan, more than just a hockey fan, just an NHL fan altogether. So uh, very cool to have her on. She was a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, we discussed the Flyers. We discussed her video creation uh, and we even discuss uh, mental health, which is something that uh, she has been uh, happy to speak about in her uh, videos and, then of course, on her regular posts that she makes on social media to her large following. So let's not, uh, let's not introduce this anymore. Let's get right into it. Here is my guest for this episode of Let's Go Blues Radio, Jillian Fisher. 
This is Jeff from Let's Go Blues Radio, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. Uh, much like you heard in our summer interview series, I like to bring guests on, interview them, and, and get to know their background a little bit. Uh, this is more of a national person, so uh, one of the first we've had in that aspect. Jillian Fisher, she drinks and makes funny videos about sports. Uh, Jillian, thank you for, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. My mom would be so proud of my tagline. She'd be so proud of me. <laughs> I would be. Hey, if my daughter had that, I'd be like, hey, that means she must be cool, right? <laughs> she loves it. She does. She watches everything. And even though she doesn't understand all of it, she's like, it's beautiful, honey. So she's so supportive. <laughs> so uh, did you see your mom over the holidays? How was the holiday season for you? Oh, it's so, I love the holidays. I know I'm so lucky that I have a very close family and I'm very, very close with my, my brother's and my parents so it was it was wonderful to see them and we we're, we're seeing them through the new year so it's i'm very lucky so how about yeah, you you're, from from what it oh it was great i had a wonderful holiday uh we uh the wife's family is always on christmas eve my family on christmas and it's usually pretty hectic but uh but this year was actually it was it wasn't as hectic as usual nobody fought nothing like that so uh, <laughs> it was great good. yeah no fighting is need I have a great tradition too, where on the 23rd, uh, my friends that I played high school hockey with, uh, any of them that move out of town, they all come back in town and we actually play a, a, a game. We've done it for 13 years now. So that's do a you, fun little tradition I do. Do you feel the pain now, 13 years later? Does it hurt a little more the next day? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Because we play late too. We'll, we'll go oh. at like 10 o'clock and we go for two hours. Oh. And so then I wake up on Christmas Eve and I'm like, oh God, this is the last year. <laughs> But then, and then but every then year, always the next year, I'm like, ah, deal with it one more year. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun tradition. You can't let that one go. No, it is. It is. My wife's not a fan of it because I'm gone all night. But, you know, <laughs> at the same time, it's uh, it's fun to see everybody and oh, yeah. see how because uh, I still play. and A lot of those guys don't. And yeah. they all used to be way better than me. So I'm like. <laughs> Oh, this is great. I'm better than these guys now. <laughs> so it's working out in your favor now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you can't quit now. You can't quit now. Of course not. So have you ever played hockey before? I have played, well, very little actual on ice. And I know I get I get crap because I say ice hockey sometimes. But as a kid growing up, it, yeah, it's such a hockey thing, right? You can't say ice hockey. But as a kid growing up, I played a lot of street and roller hockey. I was the youngest of I was the youngest, there was four of us. I was the only girl, three older brothers. And my mom used to always joke, she's like, I'm not paying for your equipment because you're gonna get bored and you're gonna go to another sport. Cause I used to jump around from sport to sport. I played a little bit of everything. And uh, she never really wanted to fully invest in the hockey gear. So it was a lot of street and roller hockey. So I know how to skate. I dabbled very, very minimally as a young kid, but never, never really fully played in it. I regret it to this day. And I, I always mention this to her because she's like, you'll never do anything with hockey in your full, like in your life when you're an adult. I'm like, look at me now, mom, look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> I make videos that thousands of people see. <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's a funny conversation. I think we have it every time I see her in person. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you know, actually you're speaking to people mostly in the Midwest on this show so uh we actually can relate because if i were to tell someone if i were to go out on the street and say oh yeah i play hockey everyone's response is oh do you play roller or ice yes roller i love you guys i yeah. love you guys <laughs> yeah amazing. come on out to st louis you can play roller with us anytime <laughs> it's but that's i think that's the beauty of it is that there are so many different forms and i love obviously ice hockey that's our hockey the nhl is what we all love 
but there's there's so many ways that you can participate and engage and still feel like a member of the community. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we always say it's such a small family. And, and uh, you know, I mean, I've talked to people that are field hockey players. And I'll admit, if I jumped on a field hockey, what is that, field? I, I guess I would call it a pitch, but I think that's because, like, I talk too much soccer sometimes. So I would there call you go. It a yeah, pitch. yeah. <laughs> pitch would make sense to me, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have no idea what I'm doing. But, I mean, we can still have very similar conversations. It's, I it's... played field hockey, so it is extremely, extremely different. But it, there's some similarities. There, the speed of it is is a very fast sport. So there are yes. some of that similarities. For sure. So uh, we talked a little bit before uh, I started recording here that you're a pretty well-traveled person and anybody who follows you on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook um, can see that, that you've been to a lot of hockey arenas. You've been across the country a lot. Uh, how many arenas have you been to? I'm putting you on the spot here. Oh, you know, I don't, I, I don't count. Wow. That's really bad. I should have counted. Um, <laughs> definitely over half. I would say I probably have like 10 more that I need to actually see games at. Um, mostly on the West Coast, because I had a trip that was planned for the West Coast, uh, and it just all fell through, and I was going to like hit all of California um, and Western Canada. So that, that's really the, the crux of like the, the spot that I really need to get to. But I've been very, I, I shouldn't even complain, because I am so, so lucky that I've had the chance to see so many different hockey arenas and hockey fandoms. So um, have you been to St. Louis? I have. I actually haven't seen a game indoors. I was there for the Winter Classic. Oh, and... that's great. I saw the pictures of it. Yes, yeah. So that, and I, I, I've always been a big proponent of the Winter Classic. I think it's so fun. And I, I do like that the NHL has moved it to like not a baseball stadium or like not a football stadium. I think that's, well, it is. I shouldn't say it that way. Like not a professional, I'm trying to think how the best way to say it. They moved it to like a historic stadium. Sorry. I've been right, saying that. Right. They, the NHL, I like that the NHL moved it to like a historic stadium like that. I think they need to include different teams, obviously, but that's not a controversial opinion at this point, but I had so much fun. I mean, I love ringing in the new year in a new city and I'm, I'm lucky that everywhere I go, I've, I have friends, I have family. And I absolutely loved St. Louis. It was, I, I had so much fun there. Well, congratulations. You just made a new friend in St. Louis. Yay! <laughs> no, if, you ever, if you're ever in town, please let me know. I can, uh, I can get you tickets and uh, I'd, I'd be more than happy to uh, treat you guys, you and your fiance, to a good night. Thank you. You guys are, um, you're, you're too kind. You're too kind. I know. Well, it's that Midwest charm, what yes. can I say? Um, so, uh, you, you mentioned that you kind of are are a sports junkie. And Mm -hmm. as I said, in your, um, in your profiles, you mentioned that you make funny videos about sports. So obviously you love hockey. Uh, what's your other favorite sports? I am a, I'm such a weirdo. I'm a huge soccer fan as well. I grew up playing. I, I know a lot of hockey fans don't get the love for both hockey and soccer because they seem totally contradictory. But there are a lot of similarities in the fandoms, at least in the United States, I feel like. And the sports are both very fluid. And I think that hockey can be really beautiful. It can also be really messy and dirty and, you know, dirty <laughs> goals and all that. But sometimes you look at it and you're just, you watch like Connor McDavid make this beautiful goal, like these beautiful moves and he just scores this amazing goal. And I think there's a lot of that similarities in soccer as well, where you're just like, how the athleticism. Uh, so soccer is another one. I have respect for sports for any professional athlete in any professional sport, really there, the ability to get to that level, 
the mental toughness that it takes to get to that level is impressive. Um, but soccer and hockey are my two main ones. And then everything else I'll dabble in and I love it. I think it's awesome. The fans are great, but my, my babies are soccer and hockey. <laughs> nice. So what's your soccer team? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm from Philly. So I'm from Philly. So it's, you know, I'm a Philly girl through and through with all of my sports, but I'm a huge fan of following the United States national team, both the men and the women's. I love the fact that with the national team, all of the, the, the drama of individual cities and stuff goes away and you're just getting behind an entire team, an entire nation. It's so fun. Like that's what I love about the world cup is that you just have an entire nation rooting for the same thing. I love all the drama and the fun that happens between cities and that kind of stuff, but it's nice to have that other side of it as well. So you mentioned that you're a Philly girl from Philly. Um, I have to ask you about my favorite Philadelphia flyer, and that is Gritty. Gritty! Oh, Gritty's amazing. (laughs) You know what's funny about Gritty is that when he came out, the three hosts of this show, we have a a little group chat. Yeah. And it was, oh my God, did you see the Flyers new mascot? And all three of them just, oh God, what is that thing? But then as time went on, we all, I think we all, I, can, I can't really speak for them, but for me, I fell in love with Gritty. He, he that is the impact that he had. It was so funny when, ever, when he came out, the, my mentions on Twitter were just blown up. I couldn't, <laughs> I'm like, what? Cause I didn't see it at first. I saw it through my Twitter notifications. And when I first saw him, I was like, I don't know what this is but I know what they're doing because the, the, the Phillies have a similar mascot, totally weird, totally obnoxious in your face. I, I knew what they were doing. So I, so I like to joke. I'm, I was always team gritty. Like it took me a second to like fall in love with him, but I saw it. And I was like, this is brilliant marketing, brilliant, brilliant marketing. I mean, you're, you know, marketing, so yep. <laughs> you know that it was just, they knew what they were doing and they, what I liked about it is they just, they, went into it. They didn't back out. They haven't backed down from who his personality is. And I think that's what everyone kind of fell in love with is that he's just kind of the complete opposite of what you think of when you think of the NHL. He is not what you think of. And sometimes that dichotomy is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. The Philly fanatic is one of my favorite mascots as well. So when Gritty came onto the scene, I'm like, oh, this is perfect for Philadelphia. It makes sense. I think, and I also think if it was any other market, it might not make sense, but He's so Philly. I mean, his name is Gritty, and we talk about Philly has grit, and you know they have all these blue collar terminology that gets thrown around when you discuss the the culture of Philadelphia, not just the fandom, but the culture of Philly. So he's he's perfect. He's perfect in every way for me. Well, to me, the most perfect hockey player played for both our teams, uh, and, and on this show, we are trying to uh, to make a movement to get his number retired here in St. Louis, and it's a travesty that he hasn't yet. Number 44 for St. Louis, number, I believe, 24, the Philadelphia Flyers, Chris Pronger. Uh, oh. I want to ask you real quick, when he came to town, when you got the trade, when mm-hmm. you got the news that Chris Pronger was a Philadelphia Flyer, uh, what was your reaction? Oh, I loved him. I loved everything about Chris Pronger. He, I, I'll just remember him in that the year that we had the unprecedented run to the Stanley Cup final. And that's all, not that it's all I ever remember him for, but I just remember it was Adam Burrish and Chris Pronger's fight the whole yes. time during that Stanley Cup final. And I just, I just loved it. He fit in so well in this city. He was 
in your face. He was slightly obnoxious, but his play on the ice was everything I loved about a Philly hockey player. He was just, you hated when he wasn't on your team. And when he was on your team, he was your number one guy. You loved everything about him. He, I can, I could go on for Chris Pronger for hours. I think <laughs> I, I just uh, go on and on about him. If you want to find out how weird I am, I'm pretty sure I have six Chris Pronger jerseys. This is normal. Uh, this is not weird. One, this is normal. Okay, good, good. Man, <laughs> I need to talk to you more often because I always feel weird when I tell other people. Uh, no, no I, 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 I even have one of him with the Flyers. The only one I have to get is of him with the Whalers. Which would be a sick jersey to have, It too. would be. It really would be. But, um, yeah, Chris Pronger is amazing. We could, I could, we could have an entire podcast where we would talk for an hour about our love for Chris Pronger on ballot. I'm pretty sure. We might have to do that, actually. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, yeah what, what is it that he said to, to, about Adam Burrish? I think Burrish, at the, after the a final ended, he said, uh, yeah. if I ever see Chris Pronger out, I'll, I'm going to punch him in the face and Pronger, they ask Pronger about it. And he do said, you know, uh, my... I'll, see you in the, I'll see you in the minors or whatever he said. This was <laughs> actually, that was my, you know how Facebook used to have quotes that you could have? Oh yeah, that conversation was my quote on Facebook for years. Like, I don't know <laughs> if it still is. Like, it still exists. But it was like, yeah, I'll, I'll see, next time I'll. I think it was next time I'll see him. It'll be in the minors. And I just, <laughs> yeah, God, my love for him. Just, I'm so happy you brought this up. I needed to be reminded of a good time in Flyers history. Like losing the Stanley <laughs> Cup final was not good, but I just needed to be reminded that there was good times, and that was one of my my favorite interactions between Chris Pronger and another player. It was great. Well, you, you, you just brought it up. My next point, yeah. unfortunately, I'm going to ask you about the current flyers. Uh, things have not been going well this season for the flyers, just like uh, our team here in St. Louis. Um, There's a couple firings recently, Ron Hextall and Dave Hextall. Uh, what were your uh, reactions to those firings? The Hextall one, I get. The hacks. I I understood both of them. I think that they were both long. No, I don't want to say Hackstall was long overdue. Hackstall definitely was. For me, Hackstall was never a Flyers coach. I'll never forget the very first game that he was our head coach. So way back, a couple of years back, the very first game that they came out against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and this was a Flyers team. They could have been the worst team in the NHL. And when they came out against the Penguins, they came out fired up, full of emotion. And it was a good game. And they came out flat, just emotionless and flat. And I was like, who is this coach? you got to get these guys fired up for this game. This is one of the best rivalries in the NHL. You can't be coming out like this. And I was never sold on him after that. I, I, all I could, all I, it, was my, it was my bad. All I was doing was rem- like finding ways to prove my point. Like, oh, he's not the coach for the Flyers. Like, I never... I never gave him a shot after that. So that's my bad. I probably should have given him more of a shot, but <laughs> that game is like, you can't come out flat against, against a team like that. Hockey is a game full of emotion. We talk about it all the time. Like you have to have heart. You have to have that passion in a game with such parody. Those kind of things can be a deal breaker and against your biggest rival, you come out like that. So for me, that one was long overdue. I've been on the fire hack stall train for years at this point. Um, but Hextall, I was hopeful for for a while. I thought that he could he could make it work somehow in Philly. I, I wanted to believe in him. I think also that's our bias as Flyers fans is he had this we have this great idea of who he was as a goalie. So we wanted to believe in him. We wanted to believe he could recreate some of that success from LA. It's just at a certain point, we're 
it, and it was kind of a breath, a breath of fresh air because we've been such a win now team, win now team. We had like whiplash from Paul Holmgren that it was nice to have somebody who was like pump the brakes. But when you have a team that has that amount of potential, we should not have been that bad. When you are that bad, it's not about win now. It's about how are we going to get to be the point where we shouldn't be, for lack of a better word, sucking this bad. We should not have been out there playing like that. So it it's nice to see the breath of fresh air. You see this team maybe moving forward. It just sucks that it all happened in the middle of the season and it had to go down this way. I would have loved to have seen changes happen, not during the middle of the season. So uh, a player that's currently on your injured reserve and, and another topic that uh, this show likes to discuss is Brian Elliott. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that, uh, that's, that was brought there two years or I mm-hmm. guess two summers ago. And uh, has been on the injured reserve, but when he's healthy, how has he looked for the Flyers? See, I've always been a Brian Elliott supporter. When in 2015 in the playoffs, uh, I did a podcast a lot, and people like to crap on him, and I, I was always his biggest supporter. I thought when Brian Elliott was there and playing like Brian Elliott, damn, he could carry a team. He could really. He did such great things in that playoffs for you guys, and I thought for for our situation, Brian Elliott was a win for us when they brought him here. I thought this is what we need. You know, we're not going to win a Stanley Cup in the next couple of years, but I thought he could be a goalie that could help support this team. And I, I think when when he's not hurt and he's playing like Brian Elliott, generally speaking, I, I enjoy him. I, I think he's a good guy, and I want to see good things for him. It just sucks. I feel like when with his injury, what is it, the hip abductor muscles? I think so. I think once you once that happens so much, it's just one of those injuries. It's like Corey Schneider in, in New Jersey where it's like, sometimes they're just never the same after it. Mm-hmm. And it's a bummer because you, you want to see a guy like Brian Elliott do well because you know how well he can do. So I, I'm a big fan of his. I, I just think also the future is coming for the Flyers in terms of Carter Hart and the future is coming and that's exciting. And it start it's like that transition is starting. And I just, I wish there was better things for Brian Elliott. I wish that it didn't happen this way for him. Man, you are just the transition master without even knowing it. Because I want to ask you about Carter Hart. How has he looked? Oh, it's it's ex- it's exciting for me to see a goalie in Philadelphia. Never in my life do I fully remember seeing a goalie be this hyped up. And it's always been our Achilles heel. Goaltending has always been a problem for us. The first couple of games you see him in, you're worried. You is he going to perform well? How is he going to do? And it's exciting to see that he can perform. So. I don't think I want him as our starting goalie just yet, but it's exciting to see him live up to some of that hype. It's tough. Philadelphia is a tough market in terms of expectations if you start failing. So I am, of course, worried because I think our organization as a, as a whole has not done a great job developing some of our young talent. We should be, a, we, we should be trending in a different direction than we currently are. And I think that's part of the fi- reason for the firings for Hextall and Hackstall. So I just hope that Carter Hart trends upwards instead of seeing things like Provorov, where you're like, what the heck is going on with Provorov right now? What the heck? Sandheim should be better. Like, not, I'm not saying these players aren't good, but they should be trending in a different direction. You want anybody from the Blues? Do I want? Any- <laughs> Please, take uh, I was going to say it's like a it's a. <laughs> free sale there is a sale going on there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't please. like seeing that I feel bad for you guys it's the same thing you guys shouldn't be going through this and it's just oh god it's just a bummer I, I love you guys there I do I there's a lot of players I love in St. Louis and it's just such a bummer to see it happening the way it is I mean it's, it's very similar to Philly maybe not 
totally the same, but you want to see better things for the players than on both of these teams. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned the goaltending issues. That's that it's mm. you're preaching to the choir. Here. Mm-hmm. The blues have had, I mean, you look at their numbers again, Brian Elliott, you may not realize is the career leader in almost everything for the blues. And, oh. and it's like, that's, that's cool, but it's like, Really, a guy who was a backup <laughs> most of his career yeah. and a guy, I mean, that guy's leading in GAA wins, save, uh, save percentage, shutouts. And it's it's because the Blues have never had that franchise goalie. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's again, it's, it's, it's on the dig at Brian Elliott. I like him. He's just not, he's again, he's not going to be your franchise goalie. And it's right. I, I'm a proponent, I'm a supporter of Brian Elliott, but I didn't realize it was that bad in St. Louis with goaltending. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It is. When you make your Jake Allen jokes on your videos, it's like, yes, she gets it. Well, I mean, again, I know the whole Jake. You see Jake Allen, but I guess I just think that, like, maybe, maybe it isn't as bad as I think. I don't want to. <laughs> I like to hope that it isn't because I don't want anybody else to suffer like we do. But it's oh, we, it, we it's do. Goal, goaltending is a tough beast. It's a monster. It really is. Yep. Yeah, it is. It's it's tough to find that franchise goalie. The Blues mm-hmm. are they've been searching for fifty three years now. <laughs> I feel your pain. I feel your pain, yeah. guys. We do. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I want to do. I do want to get into talking about yeah. the videos you've created. Obviously, yeah. the the biggest reason we brought you on to this episode. Um, how long have you been making these videos? So these videos, I pretty much started in August of this year. So before that. I don't know if many people know this. I'm a cultural anthropologist. I focus on sport. I've tr- a lot of my travels were through research-based uh, reasons. So I was going there to, to kind of interact with local fans. It initially started out because I was trying to do like more serious videos where like understanding how sport impacts local culture. Think of like Anthony Bourdain, but with sports. And God, I just fell asleep talking about that. So like, it's just <laughs> like it, it could be done well, but it's very difficult to do. And if you don't have any anybody that's listening, it, you're just it's just a bunch of work and it's just falling on deaf ears. And it's it's amazing stuff. But you the internet, I thought the internet needed something more fun. A lot of my research when I was on the ground and traveling around and going all across the world was just fans felt disconnected they felt like the their leagues didn't care about them like sports were not fun for a lot of these people they were doing it because they that's all they knew but there was this lack of excitement around sports and i was like you know what i complain about the nhl enough about them not being fun i i think i can be fun i'm going to do something that i think is fun that still i love fandom i think fandom is the most amazing thing in the world i think it's just so fun what it can do how we come together how all the other crap that's going on in the world just disappears, whatever, for 60 minutes, for whatever it may be. And I just, I love that. I wish sometimes we could capture that energy in a bottle and just send it out to the world and we could solve the world's problems. I'm such a cheese ball. I really am. <laughs> um, but I love fandom. So I wanted to connect with fandom in a way. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to have fun while doing this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna keep up with the NHL this way. This is how I'm going to engage with fans and I'm how I'm going to engage with the NHL. So I just started poking fun. I just started, what what could I do? I follow um, John Christ or John Christ on um, on Facebook, and I think he's freaking hilarious. And I just love how he takes situations and like anthropomorphizes them and makes them like humans. And I follow Juggling the Jenkins blog, and I just saw all these people doing this stuff, and I'm like, I want to do this, and I want to have fun. So that's kind of how it came about. 
I, again, I didn't mean to bore everybody there with the explanation. <laughs> I really didn't, but that's how it came to be. So it's really been since August that I've kind of made these kind of goofy, silly videos. They're meant to be infotainment. They're meant to be, if you, if you watch it and you don't know anything about hockey, you could kind of grasp like, oh, this team is good. This team has a problem with this player. You might not know it's the goalie, but you know, Jake Allen, is he good or is he bad? That's probably not a good thing. He's probably super important, you know? And if you're a hockey fan, it's meant to just be like another way of delivering the information that's going on in a fun way. So how quickly did your videos start gaining traction? Way faster than I ever imagined. When I put that first one out in August, like every NHL fan uh, in the off season, I had never had a video hit more than like 3000 views ever. Cause I did. Um, so I did something called drunk hockey where I still do it. I drink and I yell about sports and I yell about <laughs> hockey, which is like super healthy guys. It's super, I, I highly recommend totally. it. Um, but and that's, the, that's again, all we do on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hello. Uh, so the, uh, the purpose of that was the same was just to have fun, like bring sports back to like what we love about sports, which is just, it's the community aspect of it. Like when I think about when I love talking about hockey, it's having a, having a beer with my friends or, you know, chatting with my family about it as we're sitting around drinking something like that's usually it's a social situation. But so I'd never had a video go past like 3000 views, really. Like if I hit a thousand views, I was excited. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like super famous. Like, you know, super <laughs> excited about that. So I just didn't expect it. And the first video, it got like, I think 80,000 on Facebook, like over 100,000 on Twitter. Of course, YouTube is like the bane of my soul and is probably like at 4,000. And like, they never, like my new videos, like never get any traction on face on YouTube. But, and, and so after that, um, that was right around the time my dog of 15 years passed away. And I kind of was a mess after that. And I released a couple of videos that also got some traction and then when I came back, I went to Vancouver just to kind of like get away. I wanted to go to a music festival. When I came back, I was like, I'm really going to start doing this. Like this is, I never in a million years expected these videos to take off. Let me see if I can recreate it. Like, I don't know. Am I a one hit wonder? Maybe we'll see. And then in the beginning of October is when I did the every NHL team's banner video. And then since then, it's just kind of been like every video after that. Like now it's like, if I don't hit a hundred thousand views on Twitter, I'm like, that's not a good video. Like that's not, so it's just, it's, it's been very fast and it's just a little overwhelming at times, but very exciting. Cause it's so fun for me to see people engaging with it. Like, obviously not everybody loves it, but the people who do, it's so fun. Like it makes me happy to see people being like, this made my day or I laughed so much. Like that's, so fun. Sports should be about that. And that's really what it comes down to. I'm just trying to make people smile and have fun. See, now that's exactly why I wanted to bring you on because your videos to me, I mean, you know, you, you've ragged on the blues a couple of times, yeah. but it's in, it's in good humor. And yeah. I, I think it's great. I mean, it's, you have a pulse on the, uh, uh, well, you have a, you have a feel on the blue on, on every NHL team's yeah. fan base. And, and I love that. And that's the best part. But you told me when we were setting this up, that you've had people send you dirty messages, oh, yeah. be mean to you. I'm not going to ask you yeah. to to tell me exactly what they were, but I mean, how bad did these get? Uh, some of them are pretty bad. Um, I think part of it is just that people don't like the the cheesiness, the silliness of it. It's silly, right? Like it's I'm I'm poking fun. I'm poking fun. And some people, I think, take sport very, very serious. So I think that's part of it. Um, also, not everything is for everyone. That's why there's 
you know, chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry, and every other flavor that you can ever imagine for ice cream. It's not for everybody, but I just, I never feel the need to, to go out of my way to be negative just because I'm trying to make people laugh. I'm trying to make people smile, have fun. You know, I'm not always super negative. I poke fun, but like, I, I would never poke fun of something that I didn't love. Like, that's how my family is. If I'm poking fun of you, I love you in some way. Like, that's <laughs> right. how it is. And so I grew up that way. And it's like almost in a, a display of love for me, all of this, all of this fun, uh, joke, all these jokes I'm making, but it's, some of it is pretty negative, but I've, I'm very lucky that I grew up in a family where we learned that, you know, people are going to be mean there. People are going to be nasty to you anyways. You just rise above that. You just, you know, sometimes I respond and I'm like, then don't watch it. Like, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I'm like, just don't watch it then. There's no reason for you to attack somebody or to attack the other people who are enjoying it. Like that's the more of the reason I like to respond to it. It's like, you know, don't ruin other people's fun. Other people are enjoying it. If you want to DM me and like be a jerk, fine. I'll probably respond to you there too. (laughs) But you know, people just like to be angry. You could say the sky is blue and somebody will find a reason to tell you that it's not blue and that you're dumb. Like that's just how the internet is. It's It's an unnecessarily negative place. And you know, I'm just trying to make people have, make people laugh, have fun. Sports should be fun at some level. I know they bring us misery and pain a lot of times. So I just like to make you laugh. Yeah, we, that's what, again, I mean, relating it to this podcast, that's the same thing we do. And we, we want one time, one time for about two minutes, yeah. talk politics, yeah. just made some joke and then we made another joke and that yeah. was it. We got the angriest message on yeah. YouTube. That, that how dare we yeah. and i'm just yeah this is for fun man fun. like yeah. we're not making buku bucks here we're just no. we're no. just wanting to have a little bit of fun and, yep. and we're poking fun if you can't laugh about it then you know what don't listen don't listen there's no and again i just always feel like there's no need i and i used to be like that i think i used to be that kind of person who would say things like if I thought something was stupid, I would be like, this is dumb. And I would like make a funny tweet about it. And I'm like, that is just so much energy to be negative when I could just not. And I could say something else that's, I could build somebody else up and make somebody else feel good. And I think that's why I also like to respond to some people is I'm like, I know it's not going to work for everybody, but seeing other people like uh, Katie Nolan is somebody who I've seen do that, where she's like, sometimes she's really bitter and like funny. And I, I love following that outside of her, but she's also very like, why would you say that? And that to me just kind of gave me the strength that I needed to be like, why would you say that? Like, can't you just go talk about cute puppies like Barclay? Like, can't you just go do that? (laughs) Like, isn't that one? And that would just, and I honestly doing that has kind of really helped. I know we didn't talk about a lot of the other stuff, but it has really helped my mental health to kind of turn the tides for me there. And because the internet, I think was making me more anxious person was making me a more stressed person when I didn't need to be. And I just, everyone just needs to have fun. Just go look at cute puppy videos and you'll be fine. <laughs> right. Right. I'd start my every day like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I, I mean that I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, you know, you mentioned Katie Nolan, who I'm, I'm a big fan of as well. Yeah. It seems like we have a lot of the same. Yeah. We're fans of a lot of the same people. Yes. Um, but uh, wait, wait, but you, yeah. real quick, have you ever seen that meme that's like, we hate all the same people? It's like that, but yes. the positive side. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're actually being positive. Yes. Um, so no, I, I uh, but obviously you've done 
some really cool stuff like Katie Nolan's done. Katie's obviously, you know, she's incredible bigger talented. than us. Yeah. 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 Incredibly but, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think of people like, uh, like DJ Steve Porter mm -hmm. and then, uh, obviously the big one that people throw out Justin Bieber, yeah. people who have gotten big from their videos online. Yeah. Uh, have you been contacted by anyone to, to make one of these, uh, more professional videos for ESPN or, or anything like that? So I did one for the NHL. So the NHL did reach out to me and I did make a video with them um, with the understanding that it was a one-time video. If the reaction was good, we would maybe consider doing more. Uh, it was, I honestly, I've worked with a lot of different brands. I've worked with Fox Sports. I've worked with FIFA, which by the way, I really, they were really professional, really easy to work with. Um, I've worked with other like liquor brands and things like that. I've done a lot of consulting for like these, these types of industries. And I will say the NHL was probably the best one to work with. They were incredibly responsive. They were super helpful, super supportive. Um, I can't, I honestly, I was very surprised because when you work with big brands like that, they can be very difficult. It's just, it's just not difficult in a bad way. They just have so many other things going on. And you're this like this tiny little person that like you're really, you are insignificant to them. And my contact there was just so amazing to work with. Um, I knew going into it, it'd be an uphill battle to be making these types of videos. I'm very sarcastic. I make fun a lot. I say things that they, they don't want to draw attention to because they are responsible for how every team gets reflected and represented. And I make fun of the teams a lot. I make fun of some of the things they do, you know, the Ottawa Senators is a great example, like poking fun at them. Like there, obviously there's, there's some things going on there that the NHL doesn't want to draw attention to. So a lot of these videos are very difficult to do with them. So we found one that we thought would work. And again, it was just challenging to, to say things because a lot of the lines I wanted were not good for PR reasons, because you don't want to upset any team. You don't want to encourage things that the NHL doesn't want to be encouraged and things are trademarked and things like that. So it was, it was difficult working with the NHL in ex working with them as an entity, just because they have a responsibility for the league. And that is something that needs to be respected. And I would never want to disrespect that. So we did release the one video right before the day before the season started. It wasn't received very well. Um, just to say the least, I mean, the views were great. We got lots of views, <laughs> um, but you know, I don't, and I don't blame the users, when you scroll through their feeds, it's hockey player, hockey player, hockey player, hockey, you know, hockey highlight, hockey highlight. And then there's this girl making jokes suddenly. And then a hockey player, like it doesn't fit in with the feed. And it's not, that's not a dig at them. I, I can't say that enough. Like they were doing something really fun. They were trying something different. And I have to, that, that deserves so much, that, that deserves all of my praise because I've often said the NHL needs to be more fun. They need to do more fun things. And they were trying lots of different things and they were seeing what was working. Like Paul Bissonnette, he's an amazing personality. He deserves every bit of attention that he's getting because he's so funny. He has a great voice in the industry. He has a lot of respect from players and former players and all that stuff. So he, it's, it's great to see them doing things like that. So what I, what I was doing just wasn't working well with the, the fan base that they're trying to target or whatever it may be. So, you know, I'm very grateful that I had the chance to do that. And it, it was a learning experience for me. But I think just for the content itself, it would need to be something that's not the entity, the NHL itself, if that makes sense. So do you think that relationship could ever be revisited? 
Oh, there, I mean, there's not like a broken relationship or anything like that. Like they are fantastic people. Like we said, you know, thanks for your work. Like the, the person like, you know, contacted me like, thanks for having fun with us. Like it was, it was not a bad relationship in any way. Like it was like, oh, you're terrible. Or I hated working with you. It was very, very professional. It was just clearly it wasn't working right then. Like the content just didn't match up. And that's like the, that's just how the industry works. Like it's nothing personal yeah. on either side. Um, obviously I would love for that relationship to be revisited. Like they, I, I love the NHL. I, it's like, I joke, it's like my baby, you know, I love them so much and that's why I make fun of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just, you would have to find a way to make it work. And you know, the humor, I think you would also have to get past the fact that a chunk of your base inherently is going to hate it. Like that's just for some reason, I don't, I don't fully know why people hate it so much. Um, but like, I get a lot, a lot of the comments were like, I won't say some of them, but they were making fun of my looks, making fun of me just wanting attention, things like that. So you have to just get past like That's what the internet is going to say, regardless of who's doing it. Um, so yeah, I, I am open to working with really any brand because I, th anything, any way for me to reach a larger audience, to make people laugh, to make people appreciate sports, I would love to, 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 to discuss. Um, so I do want to talk about a, a couple specific videos before I let yeah. you go. Um, you, uh, so you mentioned this one already, the, uh, every fan base's reaction to the off season yeah. video you made in August that really kind of took off. Mm -hmm. Um, how long did that take you to make? And you, the research that went into, <clears throat> here's what Vegas fans think. Here's what Kings fans think. Yeah. How long did that take you? That was the majority of the work. Um, when the idea was developing and I was thinking like, how the heck am I going to do this? It was just more like scrolling through Twitter, looking at the beat writers. So like that kind of time is kind of hard to determine. And that was the first video I'd ever done like that. So it was really outside of my comfort zone. I, I didn't understand how to film it. So what, what I did was I did the research, which probably took a, you know, a couple of hours here and there. I, it's hard for me to determine how much it was because it was kind of just as I was scrolling through and whatnot, um, writing the lines probably took, you know, I'm, I'm going to mess this up because I think I've said this before, but I'm like maybe five hours to write the lines. You know, there were like two to three to organize them in a way that like made sense for shooting them because I have like the similar locations and just different shirts. So I wanted to make sure there was no back-to-back -back shirts in them uh, or back-to-back -back locations in different shirts. Um, filming it probably took three to four hours. Um, and then editing it probably took like eight hours because I had never edited a video like that before. And I messed up a lot of stuff in the filming side of it, <laughs> surprisingly. And I was like, I can't really refilm it because like it's dark out and I filmed this in natural light and it'll look weird. And I'm like, I was very, very... I'm a perfectionist. So um, it, that one took me a long time because I really had not done that before. And like changing the outfits and making sure like quadruple checking the lines to be like, did the fans really feel like Dougie Hamilton was a steal? But did they? Like that was very, <laughs> like very much like, it, it, you know, you're putting yourself out there. And again, I had never seen those kind of views before. So I'm like, for some reason I cared greatly about like what possibly 1000 people could think. And I just never imagined like over 200,000 people would be caring about what I said blew my mind. So it, it took a while. That one did. 
Was there one fan base in particular with that video that was very salty about what you said? Not in that one. I think Calgary felt like their their line wasn't the best, and I agreed with them. Um, I, I I originally had something about Iginla, and I really should have kept that one in. I don't know why I changed that one. My line, I think, was like, um, you know, at least we're in a weak division, and it's funny because the Flames are a decent team in their division now, but still the point still stands. They're in a weaker division in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other fan base that kind of gave me some crap was the Capitals. And, and I understood why Tom Wilson is a big deal in their fan base. Like he, he clearly makes a big difference to that team. He came back and that team seems to be almost a completely different team. Um, my original idea was to be just drunk in bed with the Stanley cup. And I had ordered an inflatable <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm stupid. But like, <laughs> like I had all the beer cans and everything. Uh, the inflatable Stanley Cup. I never received it. It never came. It was too expensive. It was like 80 bucks for the inflatable Stanley Cup. And I'm like, I, I did consider ordering it. I'm like, I can't. I just can't. Like, I know people are like, you probably spent all these money on these shirts. But I've gathered them throughout my travels. Like, it's not 80 bucks for one thing. Um, I might I might purchase it because like 80 bucks now, I'm like, that could make a badass video. But right. yeah. That was my initial line was just them being drunk in bed. Um, but I ended up saying like, were we still drunk when we signed that Tom Wilson contract, which was like a funnier line that resonated more with the entire NHL fan base. And honestly, like half of the Capitals fans felt that way, but the other half that didn't cool boy, they were not happy. And I, I understood Tom Wilson is very important to them, but he does dumb stuff that impacts them when you're paying him that kind of money you can't afford to get he can't afford to be suspended like that you can't afford to have him be like maybe he's going to be banned from the nhl because he does so much dumb stuff sometimes yep. so <laughs> uh so I, the other video i want to ask you about is uh, uh one that you did kind of early in the season yeah. and that was uh if every team raised a banner and i think that was another one that gained a lot of traction with people oh that one that's my favorite video out of all the ones i don't know the secret santa one i did is I really enjoyed that one. That one was very, it was a little different for me. It was more of like a conversation, but the banner one was probably my favorite just because it's a, it was such a good parody on like the conversation that was going on in the NHL. Like I love Nashville. I know people give me crap for that, but I love Nashville. I think the people I know there are amazing. I've always had fun there. Very, very welcomed, but the whole banner situation was just hilarious to me. And I, I got the idea when Nashville made fun of themselves when they posted to Twitter, like the three banners and they were like bachelorette capital, uh, like hot chicken capital. And I was like, <laughs> this is, this is good content. Like this is very good content. I need to, I, I have ideas. I need to capitalize on this. And uh, I already had all the team shirts. I didn't need the team shirts for that, but I already had all of them. And I was like, okay, if every team was to raise a banner, let's, let's start plugging away. And like, I have a lot of ideas that like I filter through. I get like halfway through and I'm like, this is garbage. And this one, I was like, this is gold. Like I <laughs> loved this idea when I was doing it. I, when I'm, when I release the videos, I have no idea if they're going to do well or not. I really don't. Um, I would have never predicted that one would do that well ever. That that's over half a million views across the platforms. And that just like blows my mind every time I say that. And I don't feel like I deserve that in any way, shape or form. And again, it's just me trying to have fun. I love to be creative. I love thinking of an idea and just finding a way to bring it to life. And 
if that involves making other people laugh and giggle and poke fun at them, then that's amazing to me. And I'm always thinking of ways to bring that kind of stuff to life. And that's how like this happens. I, I tried to do one about the whole Uber situation in Ottawa and it was trash. Like I, <laughs> I could not publish it. So there are times where they fail, but there's times where it's like the banner is just, and it's, it, it's honestly fun for me to have this idea and work it through and then just see it on the, see a final video. And if nobody watches it, I'm also happy, but to see other people reacting and just loving it was so fun for me. So you obviously had to make a bunch of banners. Did you <laughs> sew those yourself? So the banners were, I went to Michael's and they were just like, have you ever seen like the felt pieces? They're like long rectangles. Yep. And I just cut them. So I had like a, I made a little template, I guess you could say. And I just had an X-Acto knife and I just like cut it. Those were not that hard to do. The logos were just... Um, I printed off logos, like transparent PNG logos on like sticky printer paper. And I just mm-hmm. taped them on. And then I just, the, the, the hardest thing were the letters. Um, I was debating going back and forth between like, do I buy all of the letters or do I individually like peel them off and take them on and all that? And I ended up buying, the most expensive thing were the letters. Like they were probably like, 40 bucks total. So I probably, I probably did spend a decent chunk on this one, probably like almost a hundred dollars on that video, which is like way more money than I would ever want to spend on a video. But like, I got about halfway through and I was like, I'm, I'm so far in at this point. I can't back out. Like I I'm in this far. Um, and so, yeah, so it, it wasn't that much work actually to make it like, yes, it took time, but like for, if you're having fun, you're just, this was just a great time for me. I was like, this is hilarious. Like I would finish a banner. I'm like, that's funny. I like that. Like that. I'm like, I hope their fans aren't mad about that one. <laughs> so where are the banners now? They're in uh, the my office. So we have a separate office filming area and they are still there. I have had a couple people be like, can you make some? I would buy them. And I'm like, I don't know how I totally feel about that right now. Um, <laughs> I can probably make them and send them to you just as a gest- kind gesture. Uh, but I'm not getting rid of those. Those were so funny. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll, I'll expect the blues one in the mail here. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get right on it. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so something else that that uh, kind of bringing this down to uh, to a more personal level, uh, you've mentioned a couple times in videos and, and just in posts in general, uh, mental health and, and how we need to kind of speak more about it. It shouldn't be so hidden, uh, something that I've expressed before and something I definitely feel uh, strongly about as well. Um, so something you mentioned a, a couple times in just our talk here, you promote positivity. You mm-hmm. feel like, you know, it's good to be positive, especially about your sports teams, about what you love. Um, and, uh, just want to ask you what, what is that the biggest thing has helped you overcome any anxiety issues or, uh, is there something else that, that really kind of stands out as, as, uh, something that's improved your anxiety? That's yes. <laughs> that- <laughs> It's, it's tough to say because I think as I, I've dealt with it since I was 12 years old. Um, so, and I'm 29 now, I probably shouldn't tell people that freely, but I'm 29. I don't, I don't, care, <laughs> I don't care about these things. So I've dealt with it for so long in my life that as I've grown and as I've experienced different things and different, different types of anxiety and different life struggles, different things have worked for me the positivity, like 
I, I'm not kidding when I say sometimes that I'll go and I'll just look at cute puppy videos to distract me from my negative um, what ifs. And, you know, I'm the type of person, my anxiety manifests in a way where I, I'm always thinking of how everything can go wrong. I, I worry about my loved ones. I worry about all these things. And um, I get to this really dark place where I, I just almost can't function. I can't move. I'm thinking, I'm thinking how everything is going to go wrong. And the only way to pull myself out of it is if I force myself to go look at something that is, is just pure, is just happiness in a, in a video, in a, in a song, whatever it may be. And I just started becoming so grateful that these outlets existed that I wanted to try to contribute to that. Like, obviously, I'm sometimes sarcastic, but there's just so much negativity out there. And there's just so many things that can go wrong in life that I, I needed those outlets to find that positivity. And when I feel like I can't breathe or my chest feels like it's collapsing, sometimes I'll turn on a great, a great song that I know is going to put me in a good mood. Or I, I, you know, I'll go for a walk and I'll, and my walk, I'm looking, I'm, I'm not kidding. Barclay like has helped me with some anxiety attacks because he's just <laughs> so freaking cute, but I, I'm not, I'm not being dramatic there like that. I, that's how I handle it. And that's why the positivity side is so important for me because the internet can be such a negative place. And when you're trying to be out there on the internet, this just, I, I just physically can't do that. I physically it wears me down. So the looking at that and trying to spread that positivity and it, and sometimes I feel like I have to fake it until I make it because if I don't force myself out of it, I get into this really bad place and I get into this really depressed. Like I struggle to get out of bed and I, I, the more I let myself get into that and it's not letting myself that's, that's how depression, that's how anxiety works. It's a chemical thing. Like it's not, anything that you're allowing to happen to yourself. I just know that for me, when I feel it, I know how I can start to move myself forward to not, this is what works for me, to not allow myself to keep laying in bed. For some people, that's not going to work. And that's okay. There are lots of other ways to do it. You're not allowing yourself. That's, that's not how depression and anxiety really works. It's a chemical thing. It's you can't control that feeling of not wanting to get out of bed. I have found what works for me and I encourage people. I have spoken with mental health professionals about what to do. So that's why I feel comfortable saying these things. I'm not a mental health professional, but this is how it works for me. So I want to ask you too, because I mean, even, even someone like me who, who's been kind of in media spotlight in the past, mm -hmm. someone who, uh, you know, does a weekly live show where people are seeing my face, hearing my mm -hmm. words. There are times when I'll get done with a show and I'll say, Oh God, I, I really don't want that show posted. I sound like an yeah. idiot. I ramble or whatever. Um, obviously you do a lot of heavy editing as well, but mm -hmm. how do you get yourself to work around that to say, you know what? Don't be so down on yourself. I'm sure it's going to be great. Post it and see what people think. I focus on the parts that I do like. So for the banner video, like when I'm the, the honestly, one of my favorite ones was the good Jake or bad Jake. Cause that took me forever to figure that out like how do I capture what their problem could be because it was very early in the season we didn't know just how downhill things were going to go so I focus on the parts that I think are really great and I just remind myself that I'm putting myself out there creatively people are going to hate it but the fact that I'm doing this I'm already ahead I'm already I, I remind myself that six years ago 
I would have never have been doing this. I wasn't the person I am today that I was six years ago. I would never have been putting myself out there on the internet. And for that, I remind myself, this is amazing. You should be so proud of all the work you've done, all that you've overcome. You know, all think about the people who do love you. Think about the people who always look forward to your videos. Even if it's not perfect, there are good things and you're trying something new. You're trying something different. Like you have to find the positives and they're, they're always going to outweigh the negatives. They always are because there is, it's a, it's a better energy. Like that sounds so cheesy, but that positivity just carries you more than that negative energy. Um, so for someone who maybe has gone through, um, you know, any type of suicidal thoughts or, or anxiety, uh, what, what would your suggestion be to them? I mean, first, I almost wasn't here today. Like the person that I am today, I was 18 years old when I attempted suicide. And, um, you know, I, my parents didn't even know about that until I was 25. And, you know, I didn't even, I don't want to tell them because I don't want to break their hearts. You know, that's just, I can't, I can't even imagine as a parent hearing that. Um, so when I think about that person I was at 18, and I think about all that I missed, like there's so much life that happens that you're, you just, I, I've seen the world. I've seen all of these things that I almost didn't do. And I just think about all the people I've met, all the laughs that I've had. And I'm not going to lie. There are shitty parts too. I'm sorry. I just cursed. There are okay. bad parts too. Um, <laughs> but like, there are so many things in this life that I promise that I look back and I, I my heart actually breaks for that 18 year old because she didn't see all that could happen with life. And that's the first thing. Just, I promise you that there is life. There is so many good things. Even if it takes a year, two years, five years, it's worth it. Life is, this is the only one you have. Don't, don't get rid of it. Don't. The second one is talk to a professional. There is absolutely no shame. I have helped countless of my, countless friends, male and female. And I think that's because I'm an open person. And then the number one thing I do is I say, I'm here for you. I need you to talk to somebody who can help you too. I can help you with my positivity. I can help you with saying, I get how much this hurts. I get it. And I get that maybe you feel guilty for feeling this way. You feel like you shouldn't feel this way. I get it. The best thing you can do as well is talk to somebody. That's that's the most important thing you can do. It doesn't have to be a therapist. It can be a psychiatrist. That's the big thing for me as I saw a psychiatrist help me get some medication and you're not always you're not always going to be on the same medication. You're going to change. I was off medication for a while because I wanted to try some different things out. You're going to find life will find a way to make it work. There is there is no shame in feeling that way. There is no shame in in talking to somebody. And I promise you that life is worth it. It is. So uh, I'm kind of kind of put you on a spot here mm -hmm. with this question, but uh, do you know any of any numbers to call, sites to visit in particular that might help people? I I don't know them off the top of my head. Um, there are there is the suicide hotline. It's the Logic song. Um, one I can't remember the name. If you look up Logic and Alessia Cara, they released this amazing song where the title of the song is the suicide hotline number. Um, that is the number to call. I'm, I'm going to look it up as we're talking here, just so I, um, so I can say it, but we are so lucky that we live in a world where the internet is at our fingertips. There are so many outlets that you can talk to. 
but the number is 1-800-273-8255. That is the hotline song that you would call. Again, it's 1-800-273-8255. That's the number to call. That, and that's what it is. Also, if you're feeling, there's social, not social media, there's the internet. It's right, it's at, right at our fingertips for so many of us. If you just Google what to do when you want to kill yourself, there are going to be numbers that come up. There are going to be people, there's going to be people telling you, don't do it. There's so much life to live. There is, I promise. But that number, and honestly, that song has helped me, that Logic song. Like, I'm not a big, I'm not huge into rap. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It is what it is. But that song is just so powerful for me. Like, there's just so much, there's so much life, guys. I can't say that enough that it's just, it sucks now. And it's going to suck again in the future, but there's so much good that's way worth it. Well, I appreciate you saying that to our audience. I, I always say that, uh, you know, whenever one of us is having an issue, um, somebody out there is having the same issue, somebody mm-hmm. in our audience. So I really appreciate you saying that. Um, but I, my recommendation would be if you're looking for happiness, look up Gritty on YouTube. Honestly, I mean, he's just doing so many silly things that you're like, see, this is life is just too goofy you know you can't handle it's just too too much goofiness out there you know gritty gritty alone gritty alone is just too much i love him <laughs> i appreciate I, I appreciate gritty in the city of philadelphia for bringing him into my life you, you one day it's him. my goal i'm going to meet that man one day he is hard to find at the wells fargo center i have tried to find him <laughs> twice he is oh boy. he's an elusive monster i promise <laughs> oh, that's shocking yeah, <laughs> I'll find him one day. Uh, so, uh, Jillian, this has just been absolutely one of my favorite interviews of all time. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. I do want you to uh, to take your time and yeah. tell uh, our audience how they can find your videos and how they can interact with you on social media. So I am on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, I recommend Facebook or YouTube, because those are the longer videos. Uh, Twitter and Facebook have the shorter lengths. They have the time caps. But it's all Fisher Jillian, except on YouTube, it's Jillian Fisher. I am there. I post once a week. Some of them are silly videos. Some of them are drunk hockeys. Some of them are just a hodgepodge. They should make you laugh. Um, (laughs) That is where you can find all of them. I am responsive as I can be on every single platform, uh, whether it's a comment, a message. I try my best to really get to all of them. Twitter is difficult if you're responding to one of those videos that has a lot of views just because there's a lot in there. Uh, so I recommend Facebook or Instagram or a direct message on those on those platforms. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that uh, yeah. I've commented a couple times just randomly, like, "Oh, great video," and, and yeah. you always respond. So. Oh, I try. I try so hard, but like. What happens when it starts to hit that like a thousand on um, thousand likes on Twitter is just that like I sometimes don't see him because my notifications are like constantly 20 plus, 20 plus, 20 plus. <laughs> right. And like, I, I don't, I try so hard because like I'm not that important. Like I'm not an important person. So like I, sh- I have time to do this and like I'm not above that. So like <laughs> I'm just not. So I really try hard to respond to as many as I can. Well, next time I respond to you and you don't respond, I'm going to be really mad. I'm going to send you a dirty message. Just do it. Send me a nasty, <laughs> a nasty gram is what I say. How, I how dare stuff. you? I interviewed you once. <laughs> Jillian, thank uh, you very much. This has I, been a great interview. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, I love St. Louis and I hope to be back soon. Well, I again want to thank Jillian for coming on. That was, uh, as I said, one of the more fun interviews I've done. She's a very lively person, which is... Uh, 
always fun. I mean, she's obviously a huge hockey fan, so, uh, you know, those are always the most fun people to talk to because they have, uh, they're not holding anything back when they talk about the sport because they love it so much, as I do. Uh, so again, if you want to follow her on social media, you can find her on Twitter at Fisher Jillian. She's also on Instagram under the same name, Fisher Jillian, and that is Fisher, F-I-S-H-E-R. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can follow the show Twitter at LGB Radio. Kirk Price is at Kirk Price, that's Kirk with a C. Bill Day is at Billy Blue Note, and myself, Jeff Ponder, can be found at jponder 94 Next week, I'm assuming Kurt and Bill will be returning and will likely have one of our regular live shows. You can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook uh, for uh, more news on when each show will be recorded. Of course, if you've never heard our live shows, which uh, if not, why not? Uh, We welcome listener participation. uh, So if you want to listen live to us, uh, you can tune in uh, on YouTube and Use the YouTube chat, you can tweet us, you can do whatever you want to get a hold of us, and uh, we try to read everything on air. Obviously not everything makes it, but much of it makes it. You can always podcast after the episode airs, as you probably did with this episode, and uh, our next show should be on Wednesday, January 2nd at 9pm Central Daylight Time, or post-game Thursday, January 3rd, versus the Washington Capitals. Uh, I would assume... It's going to be that Wednesday, but uh, it could be that Thursday as well. Just, again, pay attention to us on social media when that will take place. Well, I again want to thank Jillian, and that's going to do it. Thanks for listening, and until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Thanks for listening to the Hockey Show Blues Report of the Week. Have a great day. 